I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Hey guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters where we talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, stuff in your personal life like finances and relationships. You name it, we talk about it. Even some things that are a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. 
guys uh it's been a minute since i've been uh been sitting here in the, in the hot seat that's uh that's been my bad i uh i basically have had to uh devote my every bit of energy and and every part of my life to the new job and getting the kids situated and running extracurriculars and all that different stuff so you know, I, I told you on the last show that was some adjustments that I was going to have to be making as far as being able to line out everything the way I wanted to do it, and that's something I've been playing catch up on. So I know that y'all are bearing with me, and I greatly appreciate that. I also want to say thank you to all of you that have purchased the uh, the Tac Channel hats, our Third Alarm Cowboys hats that we uh, we introduced and, and launched a couple weeks ago. We have sold the shit out of those. And all of you that have been posting or sending me pictures and stuff, y'all wearing them either on duty or running around doing stuff around around your town, running errands, or even some of y'all that have been on vacation, I've been getting your pictures, and I think that is absolutely cool as shit. Um, it's really, it's pretty humbling. Um, my team and I talked about it the other day. We were just doing a little bit of uh, messaging back and forth in our group message. And with some of the pictures that I was getting from you guys, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, it is, it's really hard to even describe because I've always repped big brands, whether it was in the health and fitness space or, you know, vehicles. I've always been like a Chevrolet guy and stuff like that. And so there's always these big brands that have always been in my mind, whether it was Nike or Under Armour or all these different things. That's always been something that I've worn. You know, I've had labels basically, like all of you, I'm sure have. You wear your clothes, and there are labels of of some big brand that you support, American Eagle or Abercrombie. As you know, when we were younger, that was always stuff. But the fact that I'm seeing people wearing a logo and a brand that's mine, that is something that, um, to be quite frank, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. And I think it's absolutely the coolest thing ever. I think that you guys across the United States of America, we literally have people from every like state, region, all over that are repping our shirts and repping our hats and everything, and that's just absolutely the coolest shit in the world to me. I uh, have made a couple posts. I've been I've been really doing the, my level best to try to stay active on social media with everything going on. And what I want you guys to understand is, you know, the last few months, I've been working duty crew and part-time at a couple different places, just, you know, basically paying the bills and making ends meet. And then prior to that, I was working industrial. With industrial, that came with a lot of spare time just due to the schedule. Basically, I worked 12-hour shifts. So essentially, every day I was off and I was able to handle my social media presence and, you know, handling the podcast and all that stuff. Even on my 12 hours off, I would come home and I could knock out a show and then I'd have to run back down and, and do another 12. But with this new new schedule that I'm working at the fire department that I recently got hired on at, I'm doing 48-hour shifts and all that stuff. And the call volume is pretty busy. It's busier than what I've had the last couple of years just because industrial is a lot slower. Industrial is a lot more paperwork and safety-oriented. And, yes, you do make runs, but it's not the same as because you don't – it's not 911 calls that you're responding to. It's hazmat leaks or 
um, fires inside a plant or EMS calls inside a plant. So it's a little different circumstance, and it's something I'm, I'm really adjusting to, like I described to y'all. And with this new role, I'm right back in the middle of the shit. Right, I mean, I'm right there in one of the highest crime-rated areas in the Houston, Texas area, highest fire volume areas in Houston, Texas. I mean, it's it's the shit. It's cool as fuck to be back in it. I missed it. My wife and I talked about it for months, months and months. We were trying to decide as a family what we could do. Um, and ultimately what it come down to is my wife was like, you know, you missed that. You miss making the runs. You miss making the fires. So even if you're starting over as a firefighter, even if you know you're going to have to make it a little a little less money, it's what you love to do. So she's been totally supportive, and I've jumped right back into it. But with that, I'm getting my ass ran in the ground on uh, on runs and training and just all that kind of stuff. So my free time is a little bit less, and so I'm working on trying to basically figure out my schedule and figure out how I need to balance all this as far as being able to put out the proper amount of shows. And I know that y'all are hungry to hear what I have to say. The comments, the messages that I get from you guys continuously, I mean, it hasn't slacked up a bit. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for all of you still reaching out, asking me for advice, asking what I would do in this situation or that situation, telling me that you, you know, this is the podcast that you want to listen to. This is the show and the content that truly resonates with all of you across the fire service in, in the United States of America. That's phenomenal to me, and that's what I'm going to continue to build on. Just know that um, <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm back to being right, right in the trenches. I'm back to being a uh, day one rookie. I'm back to being... Everything that I talk about on this show, I'm now, as, as far as having to give advice on what I would do in these certain situations, I'm now having to do. And I hope and pray that uh, that I'm living up to every expectation that my crew has of me. I've taken every single bit of this that I've talked to you about, every single bit of advice that I've given to y'all, and I'm implementing that in my day-to-day with the current crew that I have uh, because I am that day one guy. And it's a little bit strange. It's a little bit different, but my crew is being completely receptive of it. They're being completely supportive. They're putting me through the ringer for sure because I got to earn my way. But at the same time, they also understand that I'm not 18 years old. I'm not 21 years old. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a building process and it's really cool. I'm, I'm very thankful to have been put on the crew that I've been put on because it's a lot of more mature guys on the crew, all, you know, been around, seen it, done it, uh, married with kids, uh, just the whole nine yards. I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not getting thrown into a group of guys of a bunch of 18 year old dudes that are looking at me like I'm the grandpa and I'm the only one that's been married with kids and they're all out on another aspect of life. I'm with a very mature and professional group of guys and I couldn't be more thankful for that. So it's been really cool. And I just wanted to thank each and every one of you that have reached out and, and asked me how the new gig's going, asked me, you know, am I liking what, basically what I'm doing, and uh, just all the support has been phenomenal. The support for the show, the support for me personally, all of that has been, is just been absolutely more than I could have ever asked for, and that's thanks to all of you. 
So with that being said, I wanted to give a little bit of an update to you guys. We are, we're growing like fucking crazy, y'all. The Facebook page has gained like a hundred and hundred something followers in like the last 48 hours. Just a little bit of posts that I've done, the little bit of sharing, and, and mostly what it comes down to is you guys. The posts that I have put out that y'all share, we gain so much traction and so many followers of the page thanks to thanks to you all. I just want to tell you all thank you. That's uh, something I couldn't even I could not do on my own. I started this. As many of you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, we just actually rolled our one-year anniversary. At the end of August was a one-year anniversary of this podcast, of this platform. Now, as many of you may know, uh, this podcast was under a different name. Um, We had a little different business platform, and I had a partnership with somebody else prior to, and this podcast and stuff was named something else, and certain business decisions had to be made and things kind of changed. So we went from being called uh, a different podcast name into the third alarm Cowboys. And that kind of happened at the end of last year. But overall, this podcast, this platform, all the shows that we put up, we just rolled our one year anniversary. And with that, we, as a total, have about 20,000 listeners to this podcast. I think that that, is mind blowing to me, and that's really within less than twenty five shows. Uh, all in all, me personally, that's that's combined shows with my former co host. But all in all, we have roughly around 20, 20 episodes that I, I've personally put out. Whether it was me and a guest, or just me sitting here giving y'all words of wisdom, or telling y'all what was on my mind, and. To have 20,000 listens to all those shows and have roughly around 7,000 followers on different the different social medias and all that kind of stuff, I, I can't even explain to y'all how important it is and what a difference we truly are making in the fire service. The messages that I get from all different ranks, all different years of experience across the board from the East Coast, all the way to the West Coast of people that are saying that they support this show, that they love the content, everything in between that I, I say like it, I tell it like it is, I say what needs to be heard, just, I mean, all the things that most of you feel, I get those messages and I'm just like, hell yeah, and so it fires me up and I just want to keep rolling. So for all of you that are, you know, repping our shirts and repping our hats, just know that it's going to, the day is going to come where y'all are going to be walking through an airport or you're going to be going out to eat or something and you're going to have somebody walk up and say, hey, I know that, I know that hat, I know that shirt. You know, are you a third alarm cowboy? Hell yeah, I am. All right, badass. And it's gonna, we're going to take on a whole new meaning of what this brand and what this logo and what this team that we're building across the nation that is way more than me. It's truly people that want to be firefighters for the right reasons, making the right decisions, that care about the community, and care about a real brotherhood that means more than bumper stickers and bullshit. That is what every bit of this is about, and... There's so many people that resonate with that. There's so many people that support that. So y'all, you know, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. If that's something you agree with, 
get you a hat, get you a shirt, and rip that shit. And then when you see somebody and you see them either on Facebook or you see them in public, whatever, and they're wearing the same stuff, you'll know that that person believes in the same things that you do. That's what I want for this. That's the team that we're building. And I welcome each and every one of you firefighters out there or family members of firefighters out there that support that and know that this is the right direction that we need to be taking as a fire service. All right, guys. So a little bit about me. As uh, some of my close friends that listen to this show will know, I have always been a... uh, a pretty traditional guy. I believe in old school fire service habits. I believe in old school fire service traditions. The healthy ones. The ones that build brotherhood. The ones that build camaraderie. The ones that make you feel like part of the crew. And the ones that bring the crew together. Well, one aspect of that has always been pretty much every station that I worked at throughout my career. Um one aspect of of the tradition that always has been was when we got back from making a structure fire all the guys on the crew usually always smoked a cigar so in light of all the uh the fires that i've made the last couple of shifts at my new job i decided tonight to uh go ahead and uh enjoy one so y'all bear with me on that if y'all uh Here's some strange noises. That's what I got going on. So you could just be jealous and understand that um, that's an old school fire tradition. Some of the best memories that I have in a firehouse was sitting around with some of the old heads, sitting around with some of the young guys. We'd be around the table. And, and guys, for for the some of the new followers and new listeners to this show, I shared several months ago about the importance of having like a table and a a sitting area or like a living area, whatever you want to call it, um, for everybody to kind of congregate and hang out out in the bays. Every station that I've been a part of always had chairs and a table and shit outside in the bay for everybody to kind of hang out with. And to be honest with you, most of the time we hung out out in the bays behind the truck, sitting on the tailboard, sitting in rolly chairs or whatever, more than we spent inside and in all of my memories throughout everything i learned more and had more laughs and more enjoyment out of sitting sitting outside smoking cigars with the guys and just whether i was a new guy i was sitting you know sitting in the corner being quiet listening learning and then as an officer I'm the one, you know, trying to kind of steer the conversation and talk about different things or having a little bit of after action. All the different things that y'all, y'all, I'm sure that you can imagine takes place, whether it's coming back from a fire and we're sitting out there and everybody's a little bit sweaty, but you're sitting there chilling and everybody's got them a little cigar lit up and you're, you're just talking about, hey, what could we have done better? How do y'all feel about this? How do y'all feel about that? All those different things. Or it's just everybody sitting out there hanging out saying, you know, what they're going to do on vacation or, or how shit went on vacation, what's going on. One of the guys just had a baby. All the different things that take place in those conversations, that was very important to me, and it was something that I truly enjoyed and I held on to. I was never a smoker growing up, really. Tried to smoke cigarettes a little bit when I was in my early 20s. It didn't hang with me. It made me fucking nauseous, and I couldn't stand it. It would completely take a damn buzz away. I'd, I'd be drinking and shit and smoke a cigarette and it just made me want to puke but one thing that 
truly stuck with me that I guess is a habit that I picked up or whatever was cigars. It was something that I enjoyed. It was something that really kind of brought everybody together. We were all out there and, and different people would bring different types of cigars or whatever, all, all the different things. But we all had a part in the conversation and it was just cool and it was fun. So if that's a, something that y'all are missing in your stations, I know that there's a lot of departments out there that have a zero tobacco policy and all that kind of stuff. I'm not telling you to get in trouble. I'm not telling you to violate any policies or anything like that. But if you're at a department that's cool with it, then that's something that maybe y'all could start doing as a crew, sitting around, just hanging out outside and, and taking part in a little bit of after action. If it's after a fire, that's a very important thing. That's a time for everybody take your rank off, take all your bugles and bullshit off, and sit there and just enjoy each other's company and say, hey man, how do you think that went? And nine times out of ten, people are going to say, man, I fucked up doing this. This didn't feel right. I pulled this line. I should have pulled that line. I went here. I should have gone there. Whatever it is, things will come out in that conversation that will give you the ability to have a healthier future. And it all comes around just just being open and honest and being clear that there's no judgment here. This is just us talking as a crew. I know a lot of you have those kind of conversations sitting around there drinking coffee at the kitchen table. That's another great place to do that. I love that. That's another aspect of tradition that I picked up since being in the fire service is drinking coffee. I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I don't get off on all the different types of fucking coffee beans and grinds and all that kind of shit. My wife still has to order shit for when we go to Starbucks because they're, they're, those people are speaking in a foreign fucking language to me. I just want black-ass coffee. But that is something that all of you know as a day one rookie it's your job to make make the pot of coffee every single morning because that's tradition in the fire service well smoking cigars was also a tradition in the fire service that i was brought up in so that's just a little explanation on kind of what i think would be just a just a tool in y'all's toolbox you're a company officer you know See if that's something that your guys be interested in. If that's something that maybe a lot of your guys may already be doing, that'll give you an opportunity to bring everybody together and have a little bit of time to just sit and build the brotherhood, build the camaraderie that most crews today are missing. So, now that we've talked about that, I'm going to piss a lot of fucking people off. Something that's been on my mind lately. Actually, I take that back. It's something that's been on my mind for fucking years. And it's something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. But to be quite honest, I didn't know exactly how to go about it. I didn't know exactly how to say it and something I have personally learned from doing this show is really and truly the content that you guys want to hear is clear cut blunt and to the fucking point so that's how I'm going to give it to y'all we're going to talk about sleep in the fire service 
and I can already hear a lot of you sitting here thinking, oh shit, here we go. So mind y'all, I said I work 48-hour shifts, work a 48-96 at the department that I've been at. In the past, I have worked 48-96s. I've also worked a 24-48. I've worked a nine-day. I have worked a set-day schedule. I've also worked at some departments because of staffing. I've also worked 96 on 48 off, and I've also worked a 48 on 24 off. So there's not very many fucking fire schedules out there that I have not worked. And with that being said, every single aspect of that, one of the main portions that was a fucking issue for me the entire time was sleep. Sleep is a big issue, guys. Now, in today's fire service, we have two aspects when it comes to sleep and firefighters. We have the lazy-ass fucking slugs that want to use sleep and fatigue as a reason to not have to do shit. And then we have the piece of shits that say, well, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm fucking dead. Now, where do I land on that? Well, I land right in the fucking middle. And I say that because I've also been on both sides of that. Now, what a lot of people don't realize, and I don't advertise much, is in my younger years, I worked in the oil field. The oil fields of Texas. I'm sure it's fucking legendary. There's a million fucking TV shows and fucking movies and everything else out there about that. But one thing about the oil field is it's hard work, hard work for hard men, and you are a fucking number. When you're talking about basically an industry that's worth hundreds of billions of dollars, they don't give a shit about little OU, okay? As long as that fucking drill bit is turning to the right, punching a hole in the ground... And producing the product, whether it be oil or gas, that they need. They don't give a fuck whose life it cost, what sleep it cost, what divorces it cost, what babies' lives it cost. They don't give a shit. That's just a fact of the matter. And anybody that lives or breathes in that industry will tell you that. You're there to make a shitload of money. You're there to work your fucking ass into the ground. And when it's time to get the fuck out, you get the fuck out. It's a boomer bust industry. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. And most of the time, it revolves around politics. Just the bottom line on the shit is, nine times out of ten, Republicans are pro-oil field and Democrats are against oil field. If y'all can't see what's happening at the gas pumps right now with Biden's economics and all the different executive orders that he gave when it came to pipelines and drilling permits and oil and gas permits and everything in between then there's nothing that i can do to educate you on that shit you need to go educate yourself now prior to that you had trump he was all about making the united states of america completely independent when it came to our oil and gas production so that we were able to provide all the energy that we needed to be independent from the rest of the world meaning we were using our own shit that came from within the united states and actually were exporting it worldwide and making money off of it for the first time 
pretty much that I know of forever. Now, I come from an oil field family. Basically, the men in my family follow two career paths. That's either oil field or the fire service. Fortunate for me, I've done both. Now, when I started in the oil field working for my grandfather, he has a welding company, or he had, he's retired now, but he had an oil field welding company. And basically what that meant was is we did every fucking thing that involved drilling rigs, whether it was fabricating and installing new parts. They'd call us when they were broke down. Everything from wellheads to pipeline bullshit to fucking building handrails for drilling rigs because they crushed a damn handrail. You name it, and we fucking did it. And I did that all throughout high school. Basically, what it came down to is my grandfather told me, if anybody asks you how old you are, you're 18 years old. And I said, yes, sir. I kept my fucking mouth shut and put my head down, had a hard hat on or my welding hood on, kept that shit down. And sweating my ass off and nobody asking questions and I made a shitload of money. That's basically how my childhood and high school time period went. With that, it's a lot of fucking hours. When a company like ExxonMobil calls you and says they have a drilling rig down for whatever reason and they're willing to basically write a blank check to get you out there and make sure that you get whatever's broken and puts them out of compliance or whatever's broken and makes the rig go down, you're out there working and get it done, get them back in service, basically, and get them back to drilling, and they'll write a blank fucking check for that. That's that lifestyle, but what that means is is there's certain times that I've been out there and we worked solid work. I'm talking about outside. This is not sitting around the station washing the fucking truck. This is outside in the heat, swinging a sledgehammer, using weld machines, cutting torches, grinders, all that shit. 72, 96 hours. Solid. Without fucking looking up. All you're doing is getting a couple breaks to eat some food and drink some Gatorade and water and you're rolling back at it. That is the lifestyle that I was brought up in. You work when the work is there and when the work runs out, that's when you get your rest. Now, does that take a fucking toll on you? You damn right it does. It absolutely takes a toll on you. You can look at members of my family and understand that whenever I've got an uncle that is 40 years old and he's already had two hip replacements and a shoulder replacement because he's worn the fuck out. That's part of it. Grandfathers, all types of replacements, rods in their fucking back. Shit like that, that's just all fucking part of it. And with that comes some extracurricular fucking habits. Pain medications, pills, you name it. And that's just all part of that life. So that was something that I was basically grown accustomed to. It was something that was normal to me. And... So, coming up through my early 20s, you know, late teens, early 20s, I'm, I'm involved in that life. I'm all a part of that life. I'm transitioning in the fire service after I graduate high school, but I'm still doing both. And to be quite frank, I saw so many similarities between the fire service and the oil field. You know, when it comes to mud pumps on a drilling rig, they pump and operate so fucking similar. Now, they're a lot higher pressure, way higher pressure than a pumper ever thought about. But, you know, 1,500 GPM fucking pump on a damn fire engine is nothing compared to a mud pump on a drilling rig. But 
just the actual mechanics and understanding how a pump works, how centrifugals work, all those different things. It was so similar, and it was a very easy transition for me to be able to handle, um, especially going into like an EO role. I worked as a motorman on a drilling rig for Helmer Payne out in West Texas, Helmer Payne Drilling Company. I worked out there for a couple years, and it's a Caterpillar fucking motor that they use, and that's what basically makes electricity to power the fucking drilling rig. Well, guess what's in most of the damn engines out there, whether engines are tanker, whatever, it's a fucking Caterpillar motor. So, so many similarities that I had, it made the transition for me from working in the oil field industry, going into the fire service, it was very similar, and I was able to handle a lot of the shit. I was able to understand pumps and pressures and just all those different things. But one thing that always, it always bugged the fuck out of me was the fact that in today's society, we have a horrible culture of in, in both industries. I'm going to put it on blast. Both fucking industries. We have a horrible culture of work like a fucking dope head, but you're not allowed to do dope. Any of y'all understand what I'm talking about? How many of y'all have heard chiefs say, we don't want you taking naps during the day. You're not allowed to take a nap during the day. Oh, you'll get all the fucking sleep you need when you're dead. But they don't understand the information that I know. And this is the information I'm going to give you guys. I'm willing to put money on it that most of those individuals that are operating on that level they got a prescription in their fucking pocket. Now, this is a subject, guys, that I fucking have not wanted to talk about. But some friends of mine really told me that I need to put this information out there and I really need to have this conversation. And it's something that I witnessed recently. Not at any of my current employers, but recently with some friends of mine in a guys we're building a terrible fucking culture a terrible fucking culture a study came out several weeks ago and it got sent out with my with my kids from their school it's a new study came out from the fucking federal education, whatever the fuck, administration bullshit. Basically saying how important it is for students to get a full eight hours of sleep in order for their brains to function properly whenever they come to school. No fucking shit. See, that's how, that is how retarded we have become of a society in which we are pushing the fucking envelope to the max with fucking social media and extracurriculars and just all this shit. We have the damn rheostat, which I don't know if any of you know what a rheostat means, but basically it's the fucking throttle. Turn the fuck up on every aspect of this fast living, fast fucking life 
that every single one of us is fucking guilty of to the point now where we have to have a damn study come out that says, holy shit, guys, children need fucking sleep in order for them to, their brains to function properly at fucking school. That's how fucking stupid we are. Every other country in this fucking planet, just our neighbors to the south of us. Now, my grandparents, throughout my childhood, my grandparents lived in Mexico. Whenever my grandfather retired from the oil field and his welding company, he went down. This is a different grandfather. I have three, but one of them, when they retired... They built a house and stuff in Mexico. That was where their retirement home. They spent a lot of time down there. And then throughout my childhood, I spent a shitload of time in Mexico. So I learned the Mexican culture. I absolutely love Mexico and everything about it. But one thing about that entire culture is they fucking sleep. They don't fucking work 24-7 like Americans do. They don't get themselves wound the fuck up on making every goddamn dime possible like Americans do to the point they run themselves aground. The I promise y'all, you go down there and you try to run a construction job from fucking noon till about 3 o'clock, you ain't getting shit done because that's siesta time. Those guys eat their lunch and then they take a nap and then they get back to work till about 5 or 6 o'clock and then it's knockoff time. They're fucking done. They're done for the day and they come back. Every bit of working culture in these other countries respects the fact that you need sleep as a human being. If you didn't need sleep, God wouldn't make our bodies need sleep. You wouldn't fucking sleep, guys. Your brain would not require sleep if we were not supposed to sleep. But somehow, in the United States of America, we have developed a culture that says, nah, fuck sleep. I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. Well, this is the reality to that bullshit. And I'm here to tell you, as a first fucking hand I've done that shit. It makes you old as fuck quick. It makes you have problems that most of y'all can't even fucking comprehend. And it's all because you're not getting enough sleep. That is fucking dumb. It is absolutely the dumbest theory and practice of human beings that I can even fucking imagine. And now I'm going to get into the real shit with y'all. So... What's fired me up on this shit, I've been having to do a lot of reflecting lately on just different aspects of my career and what I was doing as a firefighter and all this shit because I've had to start over. I've having, I'm having to dig up um, shit from my brain that I did 10, 15 years ago to remember how to do it again, basically. I told y'all some of that shit on the last episode. Well, one aspect of that was I was thinking about one of my old departments and... I remembered I was a company officer, but I remembered they had a fucking sleep policy. And this all kind of came up because my captain that I'm currently working for is a human fucking being, guys. He has children. He's married. He's real life living on planet fucking Earth. And he's straight up. He's like, guys, you know, welcome to the crew. Uh, and, and just breaking everything down. But one of the things he said, he's like, man, look. I know you got kids. I know you got a baby at home. If there's days that you come in here and your baby didn't sleep, just let me know. I'll let you, you know, nod off a little bit here. 
I need you being ready to perform at 150% when the actual emergency comes in. Don't think that you need to fucking stay up for 48 hours just to fucking impress us and be the guy that's awake all the time and handling the shit and making sure the station's clean off. He's realistic, okay? He's he's fucking realistic. And that's something that I was like, holy shit. And so it made, made a lot of memories come up in my mind. And I was like, okay, how do I handle this? Like, internally. So, it made me think about my past. It made me think about different aspects of my life. This is not something that I'm genuinely proud of, but due to some of the shit that's already happened in my past with custody battles and divorce and everything like that, it's common fucking knowledge, so I really don't give a shit. But in my past, I have abused prescription drugs in order to fucking stay awake. In order to continue to work beyond the thresholds of the normal human body being able to work. Being able to also party beyond the thresholds of what the normal human body should be able to party. Something in my younger years that I would do was I could be able to work my entire fucking shift. Then fucking party all fucking night. And then also go back and do it all over again. I did that shit for about four fucking years, guys. For about four fucking years, I slept about an hour and a half a day. If that. And y'all think that that shit doesn't hold a fucking, that doesn't end up doing something to you? So, fast forward a couple years, or several years down the line, I'm working for a fire department that had an insane sleep policy. So, from the hours of 6A to 9P, the crews were not allowed to fucking sleep. They actually weren't even supposed to enter the sleeping quarters at all. Now, we worked a 48-hour shift there. So, you come in 6A, and you do your busy work bullshit and run your calls all fucking day, clean, get the station cleaned up, whatever, 9P rolls around. What just so happened, this station happened to be in a, a shittier demographic neighborhood, and so... Nine out of ten fucking runs would be at night for that station. I'm sure a lot of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. The demographics and the population for that area, most of the calls and action happened after hours. So what that meant was you were up doing busy work all fucking day long. Then your first night, you run all fucking night. Well, then you're up 6 a.m. your second day. 6 a.m. your second day. You're up doing busy work and bullshit all day long till 9p. Then you're up running calls all night long. So we've fought that for a couple years. Our district chief was badass, and he truly understood because it was it was different dynamics, guys. So most of you understand this station in this district may get to sleep every fucking night, and another station for the same department in a different district. Maybe up all fucking night. It just depends on what neighborhoods and what surrounds you. If you're in a for a fire station that's surrounded by retail properties or commercial properties of strip malls and shit that fucking close at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, they all close and go home. Well, you're not gonna run that night. Well, it just so happened this department, the admin was at the station that that was the case. So the call volume was jack shit at night. So those guys did their busy work bullshit and ran their calls throughout the day. Then most of the time from fucking 10P to 6A, they slept. Well, my station, that was not the case. 
and I'm sure most of you understand what I'm talking about, that it completely differs from district to district. You cannot put a policy on fucking sleeping whenever you don't even understand the dynamics of different districts within your fucking department. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, the example that I'm going to give y'all and the story that I'm going to tell y'all is, so my station, we had that policy. We had this shit rocking on for, fuck, I don't know, several months to a year or whatever. The district chief tried fighting it, whatever. He ended up being able to get it in the policy that basically it said, you still had to be up by 6 a.m., but you also were given the discretion of the captain if you got more than two runs after midnight to take a nap. So, we had a night, a shift, where it was dog shit, whatever. I, I don't even remember, I, to be honest with y'all. I want to say we made between four and six runs after midnight, from midnight to 6A. So, it got to the point, I know one of the calls, we came back. And, of course, you know, at that department, the way it ran, we had an ambulance and we also had the pumper. The pumper chased the fucking ambulance on every medical call, so I was up too. Well, we had a call, came in, whatever. We got back to the station pretty close pretty close to 6 a.m. So the guys went ahead and turned in the truck checks because at that department, you also had to do a truck check every single day. Even if you worked a 48-hour shift, the second morning, you still had to turn in truck checks, air pack checks, med, med unit checks, all that shit. So we did all that. And then I told the guys because all of them were walking around looking fucking cross-eyed as shit. So because... The, th the aspect to it is as well that most of these policy chiefs don't understand is a lot of these guys say your crew changes at 6, which most guys are going to get there at 5.30, right? Well, for me, me, for instance, at that particular department, because of my commute, I was waking up at 1.30 and left my house at 2. So truly, I was up from 1.30 in the morning until 9 p that night on a good day that we didn't have any runs, but that particular fucking night, I was up from 1.30 all the way through, made it through fucking 6 a.m. the next day, so I'm 24 hours plus another fucking five hours, five and a half hours. So, <clears throat> we, uh, we're sitting there, and I tell the guys, I'm like, hey, especially the med crew, because the med crew was extremely busy at that particular station. I'm like, hey, guys. Y'all go get a nap. I don't fucking handle the bullshit. Fuck this. So, they go lay down. Well, the design of this station, it was a fucking shithole. There's a lot of listeners of this show that happen to work at that particular department, or used to. And so, y'all will know, the way that that station was, it was built pretty much like a shop. Um, like a metal shop, and so you had your three bays. Well, you walked in through the bays, and directly the door at the back of between the med unit and the tanker opened directly into the living quarters. So there was no fucking buffer. So I'm in the I'm in the kitchen's um, day room area, and the assistant chief happens to walk in, sees that my crew is all in there in the fucking bed. He comes in, Captain Meredith, I need to speak to you a minute. I said, Yes, sir. And I was, I, I want to say I was making coffee or something. I happened to be in the kitchen at that particular moment. Of course, all the crew heard him come in. So they all, you know, pop up and come running in there, you know, trying to not get in trouble and shit. And he said, is there a reason why your crew, it's nine o'clock in the morning, your crew still in the fucking bed? And I said, yes, sir. Um, you know, we made several runs last night. So I told him, 
go ahead and catch him a nap so that we could be ready for the day and ready for our second night. And he said, oh, I know y'all made some runs. I was up too. And I said, oh, you were, Chief? He said, yeah. I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. Y'all are just a bunch of pussies. Y'all need sleep. So that flew all over me, guys. That flew all over me. And to this day, guys at that department still tell this fucking story because at that particular moment, I lost my fucking shit. So I looked at him and I said, well, goddamn, chief, what the fuck you got? What kind of good-ass fucking dope you got? Because you need to put it out on this fucking counter right now and I'll snort that fucking shit with you because you must have some good-ass fucking shit. Don't be fucking hiding it, chief. Put this shit out here. Let's fucking chop it out. By God, I don't want to fucking sleep either. Give me that shit. And he just fucking stared at me, guys. Just fucking stared. My whole crew's standing there. And they're all just like, what the fuck did Gappin just do? What did he just say? And that motherfucker turned around and walked out. That assist chief turned around and walked. Didn't say another motherfucking word, guys. And walked out. That's what we're doing to people. That's what we're doing to firefighters in the fire service. That is the option that we're giving people when we're telling them that they need to go days without sleep. Days. This ain't the fucking Navy SEALs, man. Navy SEALs, hell week. They got to go seven days without fucking sleep. That's, that is what they sign up to do. That is part of fucking hell week. And I will tell y'all, go read the fucking books. Go watch the fucking documentaries. Go do whatever y'all want to do. By the time they reach day two or fucking three, most of them motherfuckers are hallucinating and can barely perform simple fucking tasks. But that's the point. Because they want to know if these guys, if they tell them to crawl, they start the shit, I think, on, on Sunday night, Sunday evening. They start a week. And then it ends on Friday. By Wednesday, these motherfuckers are done, y'all. But all they want to know is if they just won't quit, right? They just won't quit. That's all it is. But they're not asking them to perform life-saving fucking tasks. They're not asking them to perform life-saving operations. They're asking them to fucking walk. Just fucking walk from here to the next fucking line down there on the beach. Walk. Carry this log and walk. Carry this boat and walk. Now, I'm not taking it away from them at all because that shit fucking sucks. I've been up that long. It fucking sucks. But the difference is, is we're not fucking Navy SEALs. We're not going through fucking Hell Week. We are in charge of performing life-saving fucking operations on that ambulance. Dosage calculations on that fucking ambulance. Fire operations in which lives are at stake where you got to be able to calculate whether it's your friction law shit or whether to know your distances on your hose to pull. Being able to do all the different things. It's critical thinking fucking skills. It's not putting Play-Doh together and just barely existing. No, you are in charge of people's fucking lives. And to have a mentality that says you could stay up for fucking days and still have the mental cognition to be able to make those critical fucking decisions that truly mean life or death is absolutely fucking stupidity. 
It's absolutely fucking stupidity. And if you are a fire chief out there that has in your fucking mind that guys can go two or three days without fucking sleeping because you can fucking do it, I want to know what fucking prescription you have. I want to know what kind of fucking dope you're taking. And I'll fucking say that shit. 100%. Because I've been around enough fucking old heads to know that most of them motherfuckers are taking some kind of shit. Most of you fucking dudes... Especially in some of the industries that I've been around, I know that whenever you were the rookie firefighter, or whether if it was still in the oil field, whenever you were still working those different positions, you were on fucking dope. Bottom line, that's a woo. That's a fuck. I know that that just made some people fucking cringe, but that is the truth, guys. That is the fucking truth. And I'm going to tell y'all another thing that we're headed directly fucking into in the fire service because I've seen it. I've seen it with some of my friends, and I fucking cringe, and I just pissed several of my fucking friends off the other day in a hard-ass conversation at the station that I had when I went by and visited some folks. We have fucking guys that are taking prescription medications to stay awake on fucking shift. I have a problem with that. I have a major fucking problem with that. Because you cannot sustain taking fucking prescriptions. Guys, I'm going to tell y'all. Because I've had those prescriptions. Vivance, Adderall, Ritalin, all that fucking shit. Every bit of it. I've taken every fucking bit of it and had a fucking prescription for it. There is no difference in that than fucking speed. It is fucking dope. That is what that shit is. It is fucking dope. There's no difference. And if you are taking that to stay awake on shift, that is a fucking problem. That stuff is prescribed for people with an actual medical necessity because they have an issue with being able to have their brain focus and be able to handle the tasks at hand. It is not a prescription for staying fucking awake. That's an issue. Absolutely a fucking issue. And I know many, many, many of you have seen that witness that and that's just not okay we're in the we're saddling up for this job for 20 or 30 years most of us 20 or 30 years so you're telling me that you're gonna take fucking speed for 20 or 30 years and you expect for that to not have long-term fucking effects on your brain i want to know i genuinely want to know how people expect, what is the difference between you and a good old East Texas meth head that takes fucking meth for five to ten years and is geeked the fuck out? I know a lot of listeners on this show are from all aspects of the United States. We're all in the fire service. Let's have a real conversation here. Every single one of y'all have dealt with a cokehead, a meth head, somebody hyped up on some shit. Just because that dude on the street is doing it, to stay awake and party. What's the difference in them doing that shit to stay awake and party and your partner doing that shit to stay awake to run fucking calls? Because a policy dictates saying that they can't fucking sleep or because their lifestyle dictates saying that they want to stay up to fucking party or they want to fucking stay up to play video games or they want to do whatever the fuck it is that's going on. What the hell is the difference, guys? 
What is the damn difference? And a lot of a lot of you may not like the fact that I'm open on that shit. A lot of you may say, oh, well, damn, he used to do that shit. Okay, well, I'm not going to listen to him anymore. Okay, well, that's fine. That's your fucking choice. If you don't like the fucking honesty of me being able to say that I made some choices throughout my life from high school to throughout my early 20s that you may not, on your high roller fucking horse, you may not fucking like what I have to say, but I'm here to tell y'all that shit makes a fucking difference. That shit is a serious problem. And it's something that I can say that I had firsthand fucking knowledge of. I recognize the hazards of that. I recognize what the long-term effects of that shit are. And everybody needs to understand that. And if you have guys on your crew that are operating in that level to be able to handle whatever y'all have going on, y'all need to, to completely fucking change how you're operating. Because expecting someone to to have to take a prescription to last on your crew or to handle the policies of your department for 20 to 30 years, you're going to fucking kill them. Y'all look at the shit coming out of the military right now. I mentioned the Navy SEALs earlier. Guys, so fucking many of those guys have come out in the very, very recent years and said that they literally... The, the fucking doctors in the military were prescribing them Vivance and Adderall and fucking Ambien. So they would literally get geeked up on dope, whether it be Vivance, Adderall, Ritalin, whatever. They would get fucking wired up to be able to go run their fucking missions. Then they get back to the base and then they would take a fucking Ambien and fucking crash because that's a fucking sleep aid. Knock them out, and they do it all over again. And those guys have done that shit for 20 years. And you want to know why they're losing their fucking minds when they get out. You can't go from taking an insane upper to an insane downer for 20 years and expect for that to not have lasting fucking issues with your brain. You can't do that. I see it as a major problem. I don't have a solution to this besides just bringing it to light. Because so many people think that just because a doctor is writing you prescription makes it okay. But it's not. It's not. If you are taking something that you could take a pill and it makes you fucking pop your eyes open for 24 hours, that's dope. And you should not have to do that to do this job. You're not thinking clearly. It makes you emotionless. And I say that because I've taken it. You have a lack of emotions. You don't feel things properly. You don't analyze things properly. And you don't function properly. That's just a, that's the bottom line. Like it, don't like it. Tell Heath to fuck off. I don't care. I say these things because I've taken the shit from experience. I know what the fuck it does. And I have talked to so many people that had the exact same exact same experiences as I did taking those prescriptions. And I see a major problem with it when we have firefighters out there, especially firefighter paramedics out there, that are taking these specifically just to get through their shift. Either your department has a major issue with fucking staffing, and so you're running guys into the ground, and so they're not getting adequate rest, or you have insane policies that do not allow individuals 
as human beings to be able to rest and reset their mind like they need to, or those specific individuals seriously need to talk to and need to look in the mirror and adjust their lifestyle or whatever it is that they have going on in their personal lives that they feel dictates the need to take those kind of prescriptions. I see that as a major fucking issue. It's not something that we ever dealt with in the past. You didn't hear about 30, 40 years ago, you didn't hear about firefighters having something. There were some guys that took pain medications and abused pain medications, but there was not the epidemic that I'm seeing of firefighters needing or having the need to take shit to stay awake. That's a totally different ballgame. In anything that makes you where you do not sleep and you do not allow your mind to reset on the daily is going to be something that you are going to have a major issue with down the road. You may be able to compartmentalize. You may be able to suppress the specific things at this current moment. But when that day reaches 20 years, 15 years, or 30 years down the line, whatever, you're going to fucking crash. And then everything that you did not handle today is going to fucking wreck you. Are you ready for that? Is that something that you can handle? Because I don't think it is for 9 out of 10 guys out there. Not handling your shit today does not make it disappear for tomorrow. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. I'm going to have more on that in the future. But that's an issue that I've really, really, really been thinking about lately. And I just kind of wanted to put it out to see really how everybody else felt about it. I would love some feedback on this show. This show specifically, y'all send me some messages. Send me emails if you want to. Let me know if, if, if this is you. If this is you and you are somebody that is having to do this right now, that you, you're so fucking busy or you have this going on or that going on or your fucking department doesn't let you sleep, whatever it is, if it's you and you're struggling, send me a fucking email. Send me an email directly. You don't have to, or send me a direct message on Facebook. You don't have to put it out for the public to see. Thirdalarmcowboys at gmail.com. Shoot me something directly. I'll have a conversation with you. This is something that I've been through. This is some issues that I've handled personally. And it took me years to get my shit together. Where I have now a very, very, very strong feeling when it comes to prescriptions, when it comes to any of that shit. I think it's a major problem. I really do. It's something that I don't know exactly how to 100% talk about it on this platform, but I know that it needs to be brought up. I know that I need to open the door for guys to be able to say like, hey, yeah, that's something that I'm doing. That's something that I've dealt with. Uh, that's something, whatever it is, if that's you, shoot me a message. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on Instagram. Whatever it is. But we need to seriously get ahead of this. This is something that slapped me in the face the other day. And I'll just go ahead and tell y'all. You know, I was talking with some of the guys. I went by and ate, ate a meal with some of the guys I used to know. And they were talking about basically a couple of the medics that work there. They're catching some late night runs. And guys are running in there and popping a fucking Vivance before they have to go fucking run the call. Because they're so fucking tired from being up. That they're having to take this shit before they go run the call so that they don't fuck up on the call. And I was like, 
holy fuck, guys, that shit's not okay. And they all just looked at me like, did he really just say this? And I'm like, yeah, I have a fucking problem with that. What is the difference between that and a guy going and getting a fucking bump of Coke? What's the difference? There is none. But I feel personally that it's my responsibility as a firefighter, as a member of the real brotherhood of the fire service, to look after each and every one of you to say, like, like if my brother that was on this show, if my brother's doing that shit, I'm going to be like, hey, motherfucker, you're going down a bad road. You're going down a way bad road. And I've already been down that motherfucker. And I'm here to tell you, you need to fucking chill. And you need to do this. And we're going to make some adjustments. And I'm going to coach him personally. So I feel that way about each and every one of you. If that's a road that you're starting to go down, if that's something that you're experiencing, you need to fucking talk to me. You need to reach out. Because I'm here to tell you, that is a bad road. And it ain't easy. It's not a fucking light switch. You don't get to just turn it off. That's something that has absolute consequences that most of us are not willing to fucking accept. That's consequences that most of y'all ain't fucking ready for. So you need to get ahead of it now. So if that's you, I know that this this show is it's not exactly my normal content, but it's been really weighing on my mind lately. So I wanted to throw this out there. Because I know so fucking many people that are struggling with this right now. And I'm offering everything that I possibly can right now to be able to help y'all. So with that being said, I know it's a little that's a little different. I'm going to wrap this show up a, a little different than I normally do just surely because that I feel it's I feel that it's a major problem, guys. I really do. I feel that it's a major problem and I feel that it's something that we need to get ahead of. If that's y'all, guys, reach out to me. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a message on Facebook. Facebook's really the best way to get a hold of me. I'm not the best on Instagram, as many of you know. Um, I don't really like Instagram that much, but I, I do have an Instagram page that I'm trying to get better about doing, but it's not my bread and butter. I, I prefer Facebook. So with that being said, guys, a little bit darker of an episode. I apologize to that. Or apologize to y'all for that. But I think most of you know the show's all about talking about the things that need to be talked about. So I felt that that was an issue that uh, I need to throw out there and put a big question mark next to it and see how everybody feels about it. So I got some big things coming up. I've alluded to it for a little while. I'm going to have RJ on the show Probably in the next day or two, we're going to try to record a show, and I'm going to let him make some announcements to y'all of some of the big shit that he's got coming up. I've shared a little bit of what's coming up for him, but just so y'all know, he's got some fucking big fights coming up, guys. Big fights. And I'm going to let him do the full announcement because I know that he's he's primed up and ready. It's pretty much the biggest opportunity that he's had in his entire career in the boxing world, obviously, but in his entire fighting career, which has consisted of most of his adult life. So that's something we got coming up. I have some other products that are coming out, and I've alluded to them a little bit, but it's not 
100% in my grasp to be able to start issuing it for sale. So I'm going to hold off until I absolutely have them because I know so many of you, as soon as I say it, y'all are going to want to order absolutely that day. And so I'm going to hold off on the, my complete and final announcement, but just know that it is something that is all about fire service tradition. It's something that I hold near and dear. It's something that I enjoy doing all the time. And you guys are going to fucking love it. Um, that's about all I can give y'all uh, without totally giving it away. So, guys, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Y'all order your shirts, order your hats. Be out there repping everything about this logo, everything about this brand, being proud to be part of this team and what we're doing for the fire service. And just know that whenever you walk around, you see somebody else in public wearing a shirt, wearing a hat, you can shake their hand, you can wave at them, you can tell them hi and know that they believe in the same things that you do as far as the true brotherhood of the fire service on doing the right thing for the communities and most of, most of all, doing the right, right things by your other crew members because that's what's truly important to me taking care of each other on that fire truck, making sure that everybody is 100% mentally, physically, every aspect emotionally, and truly being a crew member and a team member is what it's all about. So that's all I got for you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Put you right back in your place Just like old